Welcome to the Aussie Firebug Podcast, the financial independence podcast for Australians. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Aussie Firebug Podcast, the financial independence podcast for Australians, where I interview clever people who have already reached or are on their way to financial independence and occasionally different products and businesses that I believe can help you reach fire sooner. What do you guys use to track the performance of your portfolio? Do you actually use anything at all? Do you even track the performance of your portfolio? Today, I'm chatting to Doug from ShareSite, which is by far, well, from what I've found and what I've seen, the best uh, portfolio performance tracking software out there. Uh, it's an Australian, actually, I think it's a New Zealand company, but like most things, we will claim them as Australian. Um, it's a company anyway that uh, does performance um, tracking of your portfolio and it's really a must especially come tax time and also takes into consideration things like franking credits drp share splits over time currency movements it really is the uh, i believe every person that um, invests in aussie shares should have share site or should have an account with share site because one of the best things about it is that it's free if you have under 10 holdings. And if you have more than 10 holdings, stay tuned to the end of the pod to see how um, you can get a discount. i got something special for you guys at the end. But uh, yeah, basically, we're going to chat to Doug today about ShareSite and what it can offer investors um, and how I use it as well. Uh, I think it's really crucial come uh, tax time because it makes tax insanely easy and we're going to go into it in the pod, but it really, really is a, a must have for tax time unless you want to go through everything yourself and, and generate it all. Um, it's really exciting and there's a whole bunch of features as well that we're going to talk about in the pod. Uh, so stay tuned and we're going to get into it now. Cheers. Welcome back guys to another episode of the Aussie Firebug podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Doug Morris, the CEO of ShareSite, the best share portfolio tracker for Aussie investors. But ShareSite does a lot more than simply telling you the true performance of your portfolio. There's a bunch of other useful tools and features available, and some of which we're going to cover today. Welcome to the podcast, Doug. Thank you very much, Matt, for having me on. I appreciate it. No worries. Now, why don't we begin with, um, for those that have never used ShareSite, can you give us a brief description of exactly what ShareSite is and how it can help Aussie investors? Sure. So ShareSite is fundamentally a portfolio tracking tool. Um, it's cloud-based software, and we focus on performance reporting, but we do so at a really accurate level. And as a result of that, we can also produce tax reports for investors as well. So we don't um, you know, we don't offer anything like execution or financial advice or stock recommendations. We just stay uh, very focused on the kind of the administration and the tracking of investment portfolios. Awesome. And um, when when was ShareSite first created, mate? Yeah, so it was actually, um, we're sort of an old startup. <laughs> We've kind of been around sort of before the entire fintech movement took off. So we, we launched in, in 2008, actually. And we were started by a father and son team over in Wellington, New Zealand. Um, so the, the father, Tony, was a pretty keen investor, um, sort of, and a, and a former accountant. And his son was, um, involved in kind of the tech space. Um, not really an gen- engineer himself, but sort of, uh, knew enough about it to be dangerous. And so Tony, the father, was basically saying, look, I, I need a way to track my performance. And what he was doing, like 
like many of our of our clients uh, did before they found us, he was doing it on a spreadsheet. So he was going in and he was updating share prices manually. He was trying to combine things like dividends and corporate actions, then build some fairly elaborate <coughs> macros and formulas to work out annualized performance. And he just couldn't, you know, figure out for the life of him why there was no software out there that did this. Because, uh, you know, you don't get this information from your online broker. Um, and he, he just really wanted a way to kind of distill his investment performance um, in terms of annualized money-weighted returns. So it can be kind of practical and sort of transferable to, to other areas of his financial life. Um, so that was really kind of the kernel of, of how we got started. And the guys built out a, a Kiwi version with sort of the local nuances there. Uh, but with, with always kind of with the view of going over to Australia, just given the, the size of the DIY, DIY market here and some of the other complexities, you know, with, um, you know, things like franking credits and capital gains tax here in Australia. So the rest is kind of history. Interesting. It's funny that you mentioned, I didn't actually know it was a, um, New Zealand, uh, you know, it was created in New Zealand. Like now a couple of things I want to touch on because I, I detect, I'm detecting an American accent um, from your voice. So I'd like to get into just how you got involved with ShareSite. But before we do, I'm not too sure if you're aware, but Australia has a history of claiming <laughs> things from New Zealand as our own. A lot of sporting players and um, I actually think even Farlap is a New Zealand horse. Um, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, we, and, and we claim the, it as ours. And <laughs> yeah, and of course the Pavlova debate as well. Well, yeah, that's another one. So well, there you go. If I've always thought um, ShareSite was Australian, so um, I'm sure there's some New Zealand listeners uh, that will now have a bit more ammo in in regards to that argument online and at the pubs yeah. and whatnot. Um, so yeah, so back 2008 that was was a interesting year to to launch uh, such a software, considering what happened. Yeah, I know. It's, it's funny. It's, it, it really, I, I go back and, and, and the guys only now reflect on the fact that they were launching sort of DIY investment software into the teeth of the, of the financial crisis. But, you know, I think fortunately markets like New Zealand and Australia, they were certainly affected, but not at the scale, uh, of things in the States or, or Europe. So, um, you know, the guys just kind of at that time, it was just two of them kind of working away in this thing. So. You know, really, these kinds of tools, they should be sort of performance agnostic. And what I mean by that is, like, if the market is, you know, tanking or if the market's on a really long bull run, um, which we're kind of seeing both of sort of recently, yeah. um, you know, people should stay on top of their performance. But obviously, human psychology doesn't always dictate that sort of. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so important, um, you know, you touched on the true perf- performance because that is a very critical when um, determining, you know, how well your investments did, because I know if you talk to, you know, 10 different investors, they might have, well, before su- such software as ShareSite, maybe not in 2018, but previously, and I'm sure the um, the founders of ShareSite could um, attest to this as well, a lot of people maybe were missing a few things um, with their returns and their calculations. Like I know a common one, um, and I see it even to this day in articles and stuff is, you know, they might not factor in um, franking credits or something like that. So they, 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 they miss out on, you know, the, the overall true um, return of investments, which is just so important. And I remember when I was Googling before I found ShareSite, which I use, and I think it's the best um, for tracking your shares, um, it, a lot of it, it, there, there just isn't 
a whole bunch of software that does the true reporting and especially specific for Australian circumstances. So um, it definitely has filled the need because it sort of took me by surprise when I was doing a bit of research for this podcast. You know, really, was there no other software on the market back in 2008 that was doing this? So it took me by surprise. Yeah, it's true. So, so, so where you'll find sort of annualized money weighted sort of, you know, calculation methodology really that's done sort of appropriately at the cost base level, factoring in dividends, corporate actions, all the rest. You'll find that in the institutional realm. So if you're a, you know, a fund manager or a quant or somebody like that, you'll have access to all those tools. But of course, those are big software systems that are just totally uh, prohibitive cost wise to the average self-directed investor. Um, and even, um, you know, in my previous career at Morningstar, where I spent eight or nine years, you know, they had sort of portfolio watch list tools and things like that, but they, they didn't really capture true performance. And it's so important because what I hear a lot, you know, when I'm at the pub sort of just saying sort of casually what I do or talking to investors at various events, you know, I say, well, where, how do you track your portfolio? That's kind of my always my, my leading question. And and often people will say, well, I just, you know, I, right? I said, no, you know, that's not right because- Oh, sorry, Doug, Doug, can I interrupt just for a second? You just cut out a little bit in like the last 10 seconds. Sorry, can you just repeat that? All right. Sure. I had you at the pub. You're at the pub and someone said something. (laughs) Sure. So often when I'm at the pub or if I'm at at an industry event, I'll ask people how they track their portfolios. And and a lot of folks will say, well, I just just rely on my growth, which is, is, I just go, oh, I just cringe because that is, is not an accurate representation of your performance. Because in most instances, your broker doesn't factor in how long you've held the investment. They don't factor in dividends either. So, you know, if you look and say, well, I bought these shares five years ago and you're up 200%, that, that might look really good. But when you annualize it, mm, um, yep. it actually comes down quite a bit. And you see this with press all the time, right? Especially with property. Yep. You know, you'll see like, oh, a celebrity bought, you know, $10 million property. They sold it for 20, you know, doubling their return. It's like, give it. They owned it for 12 years and they spent $6 million fixing the place up, right? Yeah, so yep. these are all the things that you need to factor into investing as well. Because when you break it down into um, annualized terms, it is transferable to other parts of your life, right? So you get paid an annual salary, you pay school fees, you pay mortgage, you think about interest rates and all that. Those are annualized um, and, and should it shouldn't be any different with your uh, investment portfolio. Absolutely. So important. And, and as you mentioned, um, you know, it, a lot of you, re, you read articles, um, about performance of asset classes and, you know, properties are a popular one, but usually there is a bias in most articles or they're trying to push yeah. some sort of agenda or they're working for some different company. Um, so of course they're going to leave out a certain, you know, certain things. And I've even seen it the other way, like a anti property, uh, anti property people will, you know, look at a return from a property, but they won't factor in leverage and, you know, the actual how much money, like cash on cash return. They'll just look at the, yep. the overall return of the property and say that shares outperform. But if you actually look at it like the cash on cash, you get a different story. But so it goes both ways. It's not um, it just to, to one and asset people, class. Yeah. And people misquote, um, you know, stock market indices all the time as well. I mean, you hear all the time, all oh, the NASDAQ is up 38% on the year. It's like, yeah, but what like how are you the investor investing in the NASDAQ? You know, are you buying an ETF? Are you buying some shares in the you know in the market? It's when you when you kind of break it down as to sort of how you're actually going to execute on that. Um, that that's where tracking becomes so important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I wanted to ask before, sort of got off on a tangent. 
How does a now? I'm guessing you're from the states with that accent. Uh, that's right. Yep. How does a um, a Yank come across to Australia and get involved with a company like ShareSite? Yeah. So I've been um, in Sydney for about ten years, and I originally came down with Morningstar. So I got my first job out of uni with them, uh, working kind of in their asset allocation uh, research division, and I kind of wanted to move more into kind of the client facing and, and sales and products. Um, realm. And they launched a program where they sort of trained us up and they sent us out to various international offices. And I was given the choice, uh, Toronto or Sydney. And, uh, being from Chicago, I said, I'm not going to move to Toronto. It's even colder. Uh, and it's close. So, so send me down to Sydney. And it was supposed to be just a, a one or two year stint. And I ended up kind of falling in love with the place and staying. Um, so I worked here for a number of years with Morningstar and then a, a former colleague of mine who, um, invested in ShareSite and, and was kind of a power user himself, uh, came along and, and asked me if I wanted to join, join the team. And so, uh, from there, I sort of, um, uh, worked away and, and, and became CEO after, after a couple of years. So my, my kind of my, the basis for my interest in ShareSite though was, was always in kind of the product area at Morningstar where I worked on software, uh, products for self-directed investors and financial advisors. And so I always thought that, that it was, there's a lot of opportunity out there in terms of, um, you know, helping people get their real data into these software tools and then sort of empowering them to make better investment decisions, really. Excellent. Excellent. Now, I guess it depends what sort of weather you prefer, but yeah, Toronto, sort of, I've been, I've been to Toronto before and, you know, a sub 15 with wind chill versus, you know, the the hot beaches of Sydney, eh, might have been a, a pretty easy decision for you, maybe. Although Toronto has the Raptors and the NBA, so they, I do like that. They do. No, Toronto's a good city. Nothing against Toronto. And do you know, I'm actually from Victoria, and they say, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Melbourne and Toronto are very similar. So, um, and yeah. I always like Melbourne. So, yeah, Toronto, I've got family there. It's really, it, it is, is a nice city, but oh, just the cold, man. You know, like it's it's freezing when I went. I only went in the winter and it was bloody cold. Although I do snowboard, yeah. so it wasn't. Like, you know, you, you do get the, um, although there's not really mountains around Toronto, is there? You got to go, um, west, I think. Yeah, west to, yeah. Get, to get to the, to the snow. But, um, yeah, it's a good city. Um, moving on, um, I wanted to talk about, so we know ShareSite has awesome kick ass reporting, true performance of your portfolio. But the other thing I use it personally for is, uh, for tax, tax work. It makes tax work an absolute breeze. Now, recently, um, you guys released or you made some changes to the way that um, ShareSite does the tax admin work for ETFs especially. Um, and from what I've read, it may, I haven't actually used it yet, but it makes it a breeze for Aussies to do their tax returns. Can you go a little bit into these changes and why ShareSite makes tax returns super easy for Aussie investors? Sure. So um, because the way ShareSite works is, is we... Um we actually get the cost basis for all your investments. So we, we go down pretty deep in terms of the data that we require uh, to get your portfolio set up and running. And as a spin out of that, we offer our clients um, capital gains tax reporting, unrealized capital gains tax reporting, and also taxable income, i.e. Uh, dividend income uh, reporting as well. Um, and so our aim with these reports is to give you a, a really good steer on what your actual tax liabilities are. Um, without sort of going as far as, you know, having kind of a seamless way to lodge those taxes. Um, and what kind of happened, the way this has kind of developed is that it was always, I'm not going to say easy, but it was always more straightforward to uh, calculate tax 
um, you know, be it movements in capital or taxable income, uh, on listed shares, right? So you bought or sold shares in a company, you received some dividends. Um, yes, there's some complexities around the franking credits, but once we kind of built for all that, um, you know, it kind of just took care of itself. There's always a few nuances here and there with various corporate actions, but those tend to be kind of a manual, um, off market sort of transaction anyway. Um, and so we, we could kind of help our client base with those sort of as they, as they popped up. But then what we saw happening was the rise of, of ETFs. And this wasn't a surprise, um, based on how popular ETFs, uh, and similar vehicles have become overseas. So for example, when I actually interviewed, uh, with Morningstar, which was all the way back in 2002, I was interviewing for an internship at the time. Uh, a piece of advice that I received was do your research on ETFs. And I had never even, I didn't know what an ETF was. And at that time, they were kind of the realm of institutional investors. They were using ETFs to kind of park some cash or to hedge um, institutional strategies. But as we know, ETFs have become mainstream um, because they're low cost, because they're liquid. And nowadays, there's an ETF for everything, right? There's, there's active ETFs, there's passive ETFs, there's really esoteric things out there like you know, crypto ETFs. I was just about stuff. to say, I'm still waiting. Is there a yeah. Bitcoin ETF? I don't think there was yet. There are, it depends what country. Um, and I've seen a lot of stuff in the press about how they kind of get close and then the regulator will sort of knock them back. And so I would, I would, uh, exercise extreme caution oh, when yeah. it comes to yeah. those. And, and <laughs> I just definitely do your due diligence. I just don't um, understand why you wouldn't, uh, well, I guess if they make an ETF about it, it, it would be easier for most people, but I would just, I don't know why you just you wouldn't buy bitcoins yourself. Why you'd have to go through an ETF? Well, that, that's, but- that's right. Yeah, you always need to weigh up if you're going to buy the underlying asset itself, and if you can, versus you know buying sort of a package investment around mm. it. So, uh, but yeah, so so just to give an example and kind of the popularity. So we we offer um, a self managed superannuation sort of function inside of inside of ShareSite, so you can apply that tax setting to your to your account. And we looked at the data recently, and I think it was back in 2008. If you look at the trade inside of SMSF portfolios, ETFs only accounted for 2% of those buy and sell trades um, in those portfolios. Fast forward 10 years, and I think the number is 20 or I think even 22% of trades inside of SMSF portfolios are now ETFs, wow. which is just a huge increase. Mm. And if you, if you assume that people are buying and holding ETFs, you know, they're not trading them, you know, certainly not on a day trading basis. Um, and if you think about sort of your average... SMSF trustee, you're going to be doing a lot of buying and holding. Um, you know, I, I suppose from kind of a, a, a lion's share of the portfolio, those ETFs are making up more and more of the overall kind of dollar composition of those portfolios. And so we started to get um, feedback from our clients, you know, via Twitter and kind of our client forum and in various other places that, you know, our, our tax reporting just wasn't quite rich enough um, for ETFs specifically. So, we said, all right, well, this is something we hear, you know, before, uh, we'll just go back to kind of our data providers and kind of uh, huddle internally and figure out if we can do something about this. But the problem turned out to be really a lot more complex than we anticipated. Um, and we were actually given a lot of help in this regard, um, by our partners at Six Park, who are a robo advisor, actually, who, who use ShareSite as a platform, uh, for doing some relations. So we sort of teamed up on this one. And so what we did is we sort of, we went kind of door knocking. We, we, we knocked down the door of the ASX. We knocked on the doors of various share registries. We went to the actual ETF providers themselves, such as Vanguard. And it was just really difficult to get a straight answer on 
you know, the components of these distributions. And, and before I kind of get too far in the weed, this is kind of the way it works. If you buy and hold ETF, you receive distributions. Mm-hmm. As you, probably know, right? you receive two a year or four a year, depending on the frequency of those payouts. And each distribution is actually comprised of, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dividends and other payments from all the underlying companies um, in an ETF. Yep. And a lot of those ETFs are investing locally, but some are investing overseas as well. And, and some are investing in other asset classes like fixed interest, cash, bonds, all that. And really, you're kind of left with this sort of mess of, um, of a distribution every time you get paid. And that's all well and good throughout the course of the year because ShareSite was displaying kind of the, the gross and the net dividend. But then what happens at the end of the financial year is you get a tax report, uh, an, an annual statement from the registry. Yep, that's right. And if you've seen one of these from, from say, ComputerShare, you'll know how complex they become, um, especially since the AGO has now rolled out a new sort of taxation treatment to these things called AMIT. Which is another another layer of complexity that I, that I won't get into right now, but but basically, and and you know you'll have dozens of components um, uh, in there uh, that that you've been paid over the course of the financial year, and um, so our client base is basically coming back to us and say, look, I, you know I got all these dividends. How do I, how are these reflected in the share side? Um, and so this is really, we kind of went on this hunt for this data. And, and what we ended up doing was, um, ComputerShare came to the table and they were able to deliver us accurate breakdowns of all these ETF distributions throughout the course of the year. So we kind of plugged those into ShareSite, uh, retrospectively. But for the ETFs that we were not able to get data for, we built kind of a pro rata tool. So that you can actually take your statement, you can whack in the end of your figures and ShareSite will automatically cascade those back in time, um, to give you accurate breakdowns. And I think, the crux of this problem is that, you know, investment trusts, um, like managed funds and things like that, they were really designed to be kind of here, take my money and then send me a report at the end of the year, right? Because I'm going to trust you with my funds and you do your thing and just post me a statement. But ETFs, whilst in sort of from a, from a, from a technical standpoint are trusts, you know, people like you and me are buying and selling them all the time and they're using tools like ShareSite, right? So, so their expectation is that they have this always-on mentality where they want to know performance, they want to know dividends in real time. They're looking at our mobile app, they're logging in a few times a week, and you know, relying on a paper statement at the end of the year just isn't good enough for kind of the, the plugged-in investor mm. uh, who's using ETFs in their portfolio. So, so at the end of the day, we were we were really able to kind of make a huge improvement to the accuracy of our um, ETF distribution uh, tax reports. And, you know, based on the feedback we received, it, it's really hit the mark. But, but to be totally honest, we still don't know what the, 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 the correct sort of answer or way to do this is. And, and, you know, there's really no guidance from anyone out there on this. So we sort of feel like we may be setting a bit of a, of a standard for the industry, uh, regarding how these things should be treated. Um, so it's, it's been a really interesting and, and I would say nerdy, <laughs> process mm. but uh but no we're pretty proud of the work we've done and, and um you know the investors seem, seem pretty happy with it so far so i got a question about that because last year i, I had relatively a complicated tax return just with a few things because i invested through a trust myself and i went through an accountant because i have an accountant and my goal uh eventually at um you know in 
when I reach the goal of financial independence and I move into the retirement phase is to sell my properties off and just be um, 100% passive income via ETFs and listed investment companies. And when I'm at that stage, I plan to do my tax returns myself, which is where a tool like ShareSite really comes in handy. But my question was, last year, I used a combination, you know, I had reports from ShareSite that I forwarded to my accountant, but I also used the Vanguard um, uh, reports that you talk about, like that's distributed um, at the end, oh, it's a few months after the end of financial year. Are you saying that, do you have access to that data? Once that data is released from Vanguard, you know exactly what it is or you the investors still got to have that report, that, that tax report from Vanguard and plug it into ShareSite to make it 100% correct? Like, can you just clarify that part? Sure. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So, so where we're up to at the moment is that the, the, the vanguards of the world or iShares or beta shares, the, the providers themselves, the fund managers, if you will, yep. they only do this exercise of the, of, of kind of the, 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 the tax reporting, the dividend reporting at the end of the year. And so as soon as we get that, we will then backfill um, that information inside your share site portfolio. So that's automatic. So that, that, you guys know about that. Like the, we do. Yeah. Okay. So we, we don't know about that share at site. the end of the financial year. Yeah, yep. so we know about that at the end of the financial year. We won't know about that, though, for each dividend that's paid throughout the year, if that makes sense. Uh, it does because make sense, we're only sense. as yep. good as the data we can get from the, the providers themselves. And if you think about how complex this must be for somebody like Vanguard, right, you've got millions of investors in these really complex mm-hmm. structures. They must have some just, <laughs> quite frankly, some some hellish process to go through and figure out you know, what you, individual investor, are, are actually liable for on a distribution basis. Because what we've actually seen is that even if I hold, say, VAS Vanguard Aussie shares and you own VAS Vanguard Aussie shares and we've owned it for a similar time period, if we have sort of markedly different um, uh, you know, balances in, in that particular ETF, our payouts might be different because of the way that the cash is actually distributed to investors via the registry. So it's actually quite interesting. And, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a big kind of end of your process. And, what you'll find in ShareSite is that, you know, around hopefully September, although although this particular year, because it was our first go at this, it was October, uh, you will begin to see the the, the breakdowns um, added to your portfolio automatically. Okay. So around October, November, um, mm-hmm. will we be notified, ShareSite users will be notified of that, or will you just see it in the tax reporting report? In Indeed. So what we will do is, is on the platform itself, we have a, a messaging capability. We will uh, push out a message saying, hey, you know, we've, we've updated the, the end of year tax details for. Great. Awesome. That's very good to know. So if you're concerned about your like tax liability throughout the year, it might not be 100% accurate. That's sort of what I'm getting. But at the end of the financial year, come October, November, it should be all good for the previous financial year once you've received those reports and you've put it into the system that's right so throughout the year it'll be accurate or very close to being accurate for performance reasons which yep. is kind of the most important thing as you go you know you're sure, sure. Investment yep. decisions. but then come tax time there's a bit of a kind of a, a catch-up period and then we and we backfill the tax awesome that's um that's awesome like it, for me you know it i don't look i like to lodge my i lodge my personal tax return as soon as possible and for those people that do invest um, in shares in their own name 
Um, it might be, you know, a bit annoying to wait a few months, but I got no issues with waiting, you know, a few months and then having the reports come out and then just having one place where I can either generate the report and send to my accountant or I can generate the report and fill in um, my tax return myself using, you know, it's all all my investments all in one report. Um, and I've seen a few uh, articles as well that you've posted, um, which I'll link in the show notes about you know, it's really good, the step-by-step whereabouts in your tax return, like in the ATO form, you where you fill out and, you know, what data you enter in here and stuff like that. It's really good. Oh, thanks very much. Um, is there any uh, work to integrate directly to a tax? Like if you're doing a personal tax return yourself, can you integrate into my MyGov or anything like that? Or is that in the works? We haven't actually uh, progressed that. Uh, in any kind of seriousness. Now, certainly we've talked about how, how cool that would be. Um, because at the moment, what we find that most of our clients do are they, they file themselves using our reports. And in fact, even on our taxable income report now, you'll see the, the alphanumeric codes that you need when you're filing your tax. So, you know, this is field 10A and this is your total for that. So we, we make it really easy where it's mm-hmm. honestly kind of a two-tab solution. But the, the alternative to that is that if you are working with an accountant and they're using zero, uh, who we have a linkage with, um, then, then they can be filed straight to there. So that, that is the alternative. But, but no, unfortunately, no kind of share side at this time. Um, which is also kind of honestly a function of the fact that we're operating in, in several global markets. And so kind of prioritizing sort of one tax sure. integration versus another is, is some tough stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, nah, that'd be, that'd be next level. But as I said, I'm going to link the article in the show notes and it's very straightforward. Like I've read it. And as you said, you know, you, you it shows you exactly where you need to go to when you're lodging your return and what data needs to go in where it's really, really cool. Um, awesome. So we know uh, ShareSite has awesome performance and um, awesome reporting and tax reporting as well, which is the two main purposes I use it for. Is there any other awesome features that I'm missing out on that I don't know about? Um, yeah, look, it's a pretty deep product. I mean, the, the nice thing about ShareSite is that it, it's simple enough for kind of your, your beginner investor to use. Um, but it's complex enough for sort of your sophisticated investor as well. So I'd sort of put myself sort of in the middle of those two spectrums, uh, really. But, uh, you know, what I use personally quite a bit is custom groups. Um, so custom groups is, is sort of a, I would say a lesser known feature in ShareSite. But what it allows you to do is build your own kind of worldview of your investments. And so throughout the product, you can choose to group by like market or uh, country or sector or industry. Uh, which is all kind of stock standard stuff. But custom groups allows you to come up with your own classification system and then literally drag and drop companies or ETFs or funds or whatever you own into those classifications. And so my, my worldview as an American living in Australia who takes kind of a core satellite approach, who favors tech, who likes ETFs, like it's, there's really no kind of, you know, standard ethanol allocation that works for me. So I build my own. Um, so I kind of have a, like I said, a core satellite approach where I kind of have my blue chip tech stocks that I know I'm not going to sell. I have a few more speculative tech stocks that I want to keep a, a closer eye on. You know, I've got um, I've got some retirement savings in the states, and I'm in some super here. So, so it allows me to customize exactly um, how I look at the world, and then therefore I can then apply that to other parts of the product. So, so obviously you want to look at sort of how you're performing in each one of those customized groups. Um, and then you can look at your exposures as well. So you can actually apply the custom groups feature to um, reports like the diversity report, which shows you kind of how your exposures um, 
sort of change over time based on how you view the world. Awesome. All right. I, have you got a an article about custom groups that I can link to on the site? Yeah, sure. We can we can find you one. Yep. No awesome. Problem. I'll put that in the show notes then, and I'll check that out myself because that's something I'm not using, which sounds awesome. Um, what's next for ShareSite? Anything else being cooked up in the kitchen that we can look forward to? Sure. Yeah. So you know the product is never done, and we're always kind of building up the product. Um, a couple of things we're focusing on. Um, one is just more broker connections, right? So that we, there are so many online brokers out there and there are a lot of these international brokers moving hard into Australia as well. Um, they're really low cost brokers. So if you're, if you're indeed looking to cut down on your fixed costs for investing, I would, I would encourage you to take, take a look at some of these. Um, one that we're working hard to integrate. Uh, with right now is interactive brokers and they're huge. I mean, they'd be bigger on a global scale. They're much bigger than say a Comsec even. Um, and they offer access, low cost access to any asset class you can imagine. So if you want to trade U.S. shares, if you want to trade European ETFs, uh, you know, they may, they may even have support for cryptocurrencies on their platform. Um, that's a real popular uh, broker for sort of hardcore DIY investors. So we're looking to integrate with those guys, which really just makes me that the flow of trades will be automatic. Uh, with kind of a single sign-on. Um, and apart from that, we're kind of brainstorming some ways that we can do a bit more to leverage our, our user base. We've really grown the user base to a, to a pretty large scale now. And I, building, you know, building a community of investors is something that would add some real value and some, some benefit. So, you know, one idea we're kind of workshopping is what if we found something that was like investors like you, right? So based on kind of anonymous data, that, that we could uh, glean from from you or your portfolio. What if we could connect you um, to other investors who who had similar investment appetites as yourself um, and, and build a community around that? So we're looking to kind of leverage our own uh, scale to, to provide some value for our client base. Interesting. So maybe like a social media aspect to yeah, a forum maybe. or something. Yeah, cool. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I have to say, and I actually didn't have this in as one of my questions, but I've got to say it now because I use them. ShareSite. Uh, no, not ShareSite. Sorry. Self Wealth is the broker that I use. Now, last time I checked, you didn't have native integration. The way I integrate, um, Self Wealth with you guys, like for my trades is I, I send the email. Like I got an automatic rule that when I get the trade through Self Wealth, it sends an email to that special email um, that you set up in ShareSite and the trades come through like semi-automatically. Is yep. there any future, um, anything in, in the works to get self-wealth integrated natively? Yeah. So at the moment, what you described is we support their contract notes. So yeah, if you make a trade, you can set it up to where ShareSite will uh, automatically process your contract note and store it against the trade. Uh, but we do not have a facility for sort of automatically importing the historical trade. Uh, at this time. But the way we make those decisions is if you get on our customer forum and you vote it or you post about it, we, we definitely look at that for the stuff we build next. So that would be my encouragement to, uh, right. to anybody who wants sort of that, that deeper level of integration with self-wealth to, to do that. Um, but sort of a stopgap measure in the meantime is you can export your trading history from self-wealth. It'll come out in a CSV or an Excel file. You can easily just upload that into ShareSite as well. And it's, it's really the same process with just a couple more clicks yeah. uh, than kind of that API. Yeah. It's, it's not a, it's not a, a deal breaker or anything, but I just, <laughs> I had to say that because I'm like, uh, why? Sure, no. Yeah. I think I've tweeted you, I tweeted you guys a few times, like, hurry up with the self wealth integration, but <laughs> I'll get on the forums. I'll, you know, 
maybe I'll I'll get the um, Aussie Firebug community to to hound you and you know we're 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 pretty we're pretty democratic about kind of what we build even <laughs> even in my position as CEO if I say hey you know it'd be cool to build the developers often come back and say well here's the stuff we're already working on and and, and you got to prove your case so, <laughs> uh, so I, I, that makes a hundred percent sense I, I work in IT myself so um, I agree with the developers but I'm just being greedy. <laughs> um, Anything else you wanted to chat about, Doug, or anything we haven't co- covered? No, look, I, I, I really appreciate the opportunity. And, and um, again, kind of circling back to ETFs. I mean, I, I look, I'm, I'm an ETF fan myself. And, and what I love about them is kind of just the diversity and the exposure that they offer. Because um, this really, this, this world was locked away from Aussie investors for a long time. Um, and, you know, really keen to kind of see where they where they take take our portfolios and, and um yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens here, especially with the the share markets as they're they're getting a bit unsteady at the top, it would seem. So Oh, um, absolutely. It's gonna be yeah. interesting next twenty four months. But I don't it like to be. time the market. That is not what we do <laughs> on the race to financial independence to retire early. We um time in the market beats time in the market. So we we stay <laughs> the course, but it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna see yeah, who who no. can hold their nerve in the next you know, a few months maybe, but anyway, that's another story. Uh, look, Doug, Indeed. it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much um, for coming on the show. And ShareSite is a fantastic product. I use it. Um, it's free for your first uh, 10 holdings, and then there's pricing after that. But recommend it to anyone. It's the best reporting tool that I've come across by far. So um, thanks for coming on and chatting today, mate. Thank you very much, Matt. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, what a podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did creating it. ShareSite, really helpful software, really, really good performance portfolio tracking software. And the fact that it's free for holdings for 10 and under holdings is just insane, I think. The the time or the efficiency you get generating those reports for tax time is so so good and a lot of people in the fire community will have 10 and under holdings just because we tend to invest in you know a few etfs or listed investment companies and we don't have an array of holdings the value that you get from that free plan is just insane i love that they offer that Um, now that now for people that have over 10 holdings and would like to um, sign up with ShareSite, which I totally think is worth the money, especially if you're having just like a starter or an investor plan. Um, I did mention at the start of the pod that I had something special for you guys, and I do. I actually have a special link, and if you sign up, you get the first two months for free. So the link is aussiefirebug.com forward slash ShareSite. If you use that link and you're a new account or you're coming from a free account, and you want to move to a starter or an investor plan, uh, you will get the first two months off uh, the price and you'll get those first two months for free. That's only for Aussie Firebug listeners. So aussiefirebug.com forward slash share site. Um, check it out. I- I've also been, since we recorded the pod, I've upgraded to the investor plan. So I get a few more features now um, and I really, really enjoy it. The, um, the ability to create the dummy portfolios so I can have as many uh, I can have different portfolios and I can do historical planning. It really helps me write my articles. And if I'm ever thinking, hmm, what would a, what would a portfolio of this mix look like or have looked like or have, would have performed in the last 20 years? And I can seriously like just 
whip it up and spin it up and have a look at the performance of that portfolio in like a matter of minutes. It's really, really powerful. And then there's the whole custom grouping things. It's, it's really solid software and the tax reporting of it is just next level. Um, like I said at the start and during the pod, for Aussie investors or yeah, for Aussie investors that invest in the share market, really a must have. It's the best reporting software that's out there. And it factors everything in that's unique to Australia, which I really, really like. So check it out. It's got the free plan, but if you um, if you want to, or if you need to do the investor plan or the startup, you can use my link. Um, and that's ShareSite. So uh, I've been using those these guys for over a year now. Really, really like them. Now, moving on, before we wrap up this pod, I, of course, like every single podcast, am going to read out the iTunes comments that you guys have left me. So starting, I've got a few here since I last read these out. But um, starting on the first one, I've got, oh, I cannot pronounce this name, Rat, Rat Natag. I have no idea how to pronounce that. Um, they gave me five stars anyway, and they write, thanks, Mr. Firebug, for the crisp and real life interviews, especially for Aussies. Very helpful. Thank you. The name I cannot pronounce. Thank you for that five stars. Uh, our next submission or our next review comes from Firefields, five stars, must must listen. I can't put this down. We are so lucky to have such great local fire content available. Oh, thank you very much. Next comment comes from Sarah FXDS. Hard names to pronounce this week. Um, just one thing, five stars, just one thing. I love, love, love your podcast, but please stop saying asks aks your knowledge and passion is fantastic but i can see my grammar teaching my grammar teacher wincing every time you say it uh do you know what mrs firebug had a chuckle at this one because my grammar is horrible it always has been i'm borderline dyslexic i get pulled up i get emails nearly every single week about spelling mistakes on the website or in my emails or something so um, I will try my best. I I feel like I know I'm saying that incorrectly. And every time I say it, I think to myself, I should edit it out, but I'm just going to try to avoid the word. Um, so I'll just stick to they write in or they write or something that avoids asks, which yeah, just sounds wrong, doesn't it? Anyway, moving on. Thank you for the five stars anyway, Sarah. Our next review comes in from jjz71 all these bizarre names this week great podcast five stars this podcast should be compulsory for every adult in australia way to manage people way too many people spend 40 plus hours a week making money for someone else and neglect their own finances oh look i don't know if it should be compulsory but i thank you for your review um i i do think that uh finance in general should probably be taught a lot more at school and should be its own subject. That's something I strongly believe in. And I hope one day something like that happens. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, and next comment, five stars. Very well done. Comes from Clark, Clark, Nucci. Let's continue with the, the weird names. <laughs> no offense. Sorry. Uh, hope that's not your real name. Uh, I'm making my way through your podcast and think they are really great full of lots of really insightful tidbits, such as pocketbook, etc. My only bit of constructive criticism, and you may have already fixed this, would be to invest in a better quality microphone. 
Thank you for your review and the five stars. And I definitely upgraded my microphone and I'm getting better at editing the um, audio quality. So uh, I cringe whenever I hear my first episode because the quality or even my first five episodes because the quality is almost unbearable. But I'm getting better and I feel like they're better quality these days. So um, just get to the, the the later episodes and they get better. Or as you continue to listen, they should get better. Uh, thank you for your five stars. Anyway, uh, our next review comes from, oh God, these names. Oh, okay. I'm not even pronouncing that. The, the something investor, uh, five stars, love your work. Love the podcast, Aussie Firebug. Looking forward to future learnings and the lick and ETF journey. Cheers. Thank you very much. Last, second last one. Actually, no, our last one today comes from Trent. Yay, a name I can pronounce. Trent, one, two, three. Absolute must listen. Five stars. Hands down, one of the best financial podcasts. Excellent that it's from an Australian perspective on the FIRE movement. Thanks. Thank you, Trent, and thank you, everyone who puts in a review. It really uh, makes a difference to me when I see a review. I really, really enjoy reading them. Um, thank you so much for everyone that's put in a review. If you want me to continue to make more, please drop me a comment and a ratings on iTunes. Just search for Aussie Firebug on iTunes and you'll find me. on. I'm on all the podcast app and I'm actually on Spotify now. That's big news. I, I need to um, update my website, but I am on Spotify now. So please add me. Um, you can also search me uh, and find me on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash Aussie Firebug. Show notes of this episode can be found on my website as at aussiefirebug.com. Thanks a lot, guys, and I will see you next time. Thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of the Aussie Firebug podcast. For links to all of the resources plus an entire transcript of this episode, head over to aussiefirebug.com. Make sure you never miss out on another episode by subscribing now on iTunes or SoundCloud. 